of different ways, but uh, whatever the question, whatever the problem, whatever the moment, whatever uh, the need, whatever the perceived experience that just may not be on the surface all that happy, whatever the question, uh, love is always the answer. Love is the common denominator. Love is the expression of how to move through the things that we might think to be challenging at any moment or the things that we perceive to be loss within our life or change that we really didn't think we chose to participate in. But love is always the answer. Now, let's understand this as it says up there. It, and this, I can be, I can be semantically a nitpicker uh, and I recognize that. But oftentimes we use the words God's love and, and it isn't because if, if you possess something, what can you also do? Lose it, can't you? It can be taken, can't it? Hello? So, so in my mind, love is not something that God possesses. Neither God's wisdom, God's peace, we can go through the whole gambit of that. But today with love, it isn't something that God possesses. That there is a kind of anthropomorphic being somewhere that, that possesses what we call love. But it's better stated, at least to me, as we recognize it, as an inseparable connection. It's God love. It's God peace. It's God wisdom. All of the other things that we might come up with in that power. So love then has to be an essence. It has to be an energy. Because we're, remember, we're not talking about this anthropomorphic experience of a God somewhere that possesses love. And if it is an apostrophe, um, then that is a little tenuous because it may not be there the next time we look. But it's an integral part of the fabric of all things. It's an essence, it's an energy, it's a power. And we like to say within unity that it is a, it is, it is a power that contains with it an attraction uh, energy, sort of like gravity in a way. Gravity can be said, in my mind, to be a kind of function of love because it's that which pulls, it's that which attracts, it's that which draws. And so we then have the opportunity to activate it. It's always there, but I believe that if we give energy to it, we activate more of its essence within us and allow it to do its attracting power within our being and within our life and within our world. And so uh, it's this essence, this power that, and it said to love the Lord your God. So uh, love needs a direction. Love needs a target for it to effectively do something in our life. Um, even if the target is sort of nebulous, even if it's a very general kind of target, it's still, as we move into who and what we are on a conscious level, uh, as the activity of pure being in us, through us, and as us, it needs a direction. So then I ask the question to my own self, 
Well, then is it possible to use this attraction energy, this, uh, this concept, this idea that, that, that is God love or the love essence that is within us, is it possible then to love something other than what the scripture speaks to as the Lord your, your God? Is it possible to love another essence? Is it possible to do something like that? And of course, the, the question that is there, then who or what is the Lord your God? Um, now, in, a, in an earlier time of, let's, let, me, let me second guess this, see if it's true. In an earlier time in your spiritual uh, travels, in your spiritual seeking, in your uh, interaction with, uh, with houses of worship and beliefs and all of the other things that, uh, compar- that, that, that are at the core and center of who you are, uh, it probably was very cut and dried when you thought of you shall love the Lord your God, it was, it, was, it was something outside of you, wasn't it? You didn't quite understand it, but it was something outside of you that you needed to love because you were told that that's what you should do. And so we came up with all kinds of imagery. We came up with all kinds of uh, belief structures then that served to amplify this. And yet the majority of them <clears throat> spoke to a very, a very judgmental, a very capricious <clears throat> energy outside of us somewhere, grandfatherly-like. So <clears throat> that, was, that was easy at that point to love the Lord, your, your God, then. Um, so right now, then, we say, well, <clears throat> that imagery is gone. And I put a question mark there, because is it really gone in you? Or is there still imagery within you of something outside of yourself? And probably within each of us, to some degree, that is true. And um, so the, uh, the travel that we are upon in our spiritual journey, I believe, is to simply gently be aware that whenever that happens, to recognize that there is an opportunity then <clears throat> to bring that focus back into a level of our own understanding and being that isn't something outside of us, that isn't an essence out there that love apostrophe or possessive in that way. So with the word Lord, um, the Lord, uh, we, can, we can look at it uh, and, and bring it into a different focus perhaps, and we can look at it as law. And not an, not an unhappy law, but it is something that is, that is always dependable. It is something that is always there as a function. Um, some time ago, a long time ago, um, I, I spoke to someone who was in the middle of a situation in their life that was not happy. And they made the comment, well, you know, unity isn't working. And, and there wasn't much I could say at that point because it was the middle of a moment that was not pleasant for the person. But the understanding of unity and law and Lord, unity is not a magic wand. Unity, unity is tools to use as we go through life. It doesn't say that nothing is going to ever happen that will challenge you because life is always lived from the inside out. But if we have a tool that we can use and apply, 
knowing that we can always um, bring our focus back to that which is dependable, Lord or law, that which is underneath, that we can again um, reactivate within our mind, within our heart, within our prayer, within our expectation, and let that, uh, let that unfold. Lord can also be thought of as our I am identity. Unity would say never, never use the, uh, the, the, the word I am and attach it to something that you don't want to maintain or keep in your life. Uh, it is a direction that you give to this God idea uh, that, is, that is within you. But you see, it isn't only within you. It is as you. And you have a directive power. And to identify things that you do not want in your life uh, with the term I am, there's always a different way to say it if you have to. If you have to speak to something um, that, let's just say, you don't want to perpetuate or keep, you don't have to say it in the way that, you, that I may have done so in the past, an identification, I am that or I am this. So the Lord can be thought of then as, your, as my I am identity. And it can be thought of, of course, as our spiritual self. This is the Lord of, of our being. It is the cornerstone of who we are. It is the God identity with which we were created in, through, and out of. It is that essence that we have always been, that we will always be, that we are right now. And the only thing then that we are working on is a level of conscious knowledge of this. We can't, we can't interrupt it. We can't uh, take it away. We can only remember and live in that conscious awareness to varying degrees. And we are learning to live within it to a heightened degree to as much as we can. So clearly then stated, we believe, is to love, is to love this or to generate a focus toward what returns to us peace or the side effects of, of love, which would certainly be an attitude of peace in that way. So we love this idea, to love the Lord, to give energy toward the acceptance of all of these things that are concrete and stable within us. And if, as we do this, it returns to us the knowledge that we are doing it correctly because it brings peace into our life. <clears throat> These words, then, love the process of the <clears throat> re-identification with the inner Christ, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your heart. Re-identify, love that re-identification, that energy. Clyde says the key in this particular instance, perhaps, is found in the words, love your neighbor as yourself. Um, it wasn't just left alone that you shall do this, but it gave an indication of how to do, of why to do it and when. Now, assuming then the correctness of, of the scripture as it has come down to us, the second key then may be found within the word as. Uh, you know, is it there possible that all this really hinges on seeing the self correctly? Because as love extended outward, you know, who is your neighbor? Well, your neighbor is not only the person you can reach out and touch, but your neighbor is uh, perhaps 
if you and I would expand it correctly, it's everybody within the whole cosmos. But as we love everything. So then we bring ourselves to the next question and slide. It said, um, do you consider yourself lovable? Uh, are you lovable, uh, self-lovable, uh, hyphen, not, not a possessive? Are you self-lovable in spite of? And you can fill that in. Are you self-lovable uh, regardless uh, or, or nevertheless? Um, whatever you want to throw into that cauldron of things that you may have experienced or you have heard or you have said or uh, in that particular way. So we're talking then about you and your acceptance of who and what you are. Um, and we have the word forgiveness meaning in there, if that is germane in your experience. Uh, a lot of people carry stuff with them, you know. If you only knew what I've done, if you only knew what I've said, if you only knew what I participated in. So forgiveness, we use that word in our vocabulary. And forgiveness is not a function of God because uh, uh, it has only a meaning that is self-identified or perhaps something that you can extend and I can extend to other people. But you are always held in the mind of God in the essence of pure being within which you were created, period, regardless of what you and what I have chosen to do in an outer way in this life experience. And then I want you to remember that this is a non-vindictive universe, that there is no will for you that you don't understand as it exists out there. And if you don't do it, you're up a creek and that's not a pleasant place to be. You are your own journey director. You chart your own course. And love is a kind of compass that is integral within this course charting of your identity and of everything that, that is around you. We understand that regardless, in truth, no. But Remember, we are talking, you know, you can love people, but you do not have to identify and embrace what they are doing or saying. So Advent, which is this, this preparation, is the experience of love activated within us, of love activated, and we give it, we give it a direction. We choose where we activate love toward. And to remember that if you are loving the Lord, the law, your God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and essence, that there is a side effect of doing it. And the side effect of doing it is feelings that are good and happy within us. And they feed and they nourish it. So remember a couple of things. This is a non-vindictive universe. You can't mess it up. There's nothing you can do to separate you in any way, shape, or form except in your own mind, and that can be corrected, from the Lord your God, from the law that knows you only as you are, only as you are created to be. Nothing can mess that up. And Christmas is an, a time in our year when we simply pause to remember who and what we are, and that's a good thing. Who can you love more this week? Well, begin with yourself. You're worthy of love. You're worthy of remembering the God love of is who and what you truly are. Not a possessive, 
but an identification. 